0: Merwin. In the woods, I came on an old friend, fishing, and I asked him a question, and he said, Wait. Fish were rising in the deep stream, but his line was not stirring. But I waited. It was a question about the sun, about my two eyes my ears, my mouth, my heart, the earth, with its four seasons, my feet, where I was standing, where I was going. It slipped through my hands as though it were water, into the river. It flowed under the trees, it sank under holes far away, and was gone without me. Then where I stood, night fell. I no longer knew what to ask. I could tell that his line had no hook. I understood that I was to stay and eat with him. On a recent morning, I grabbed my cup of coffee and headed out to the sunny porch. And the sun only came to Oregon recently, so these sunny mornings are still very exciting, sun comes up early, went out there with my coffee and my husband was out working on his novel that he's writing, just about finishing up the first draft. As I sat down he asked something along the lines of, what do you know about the legend of the Fisher King, and we started talking about that a little bit. I didn't know much We compared what was in the backs of our minds about it, and I remember something about a king who's wounded in his thigh, and that kind of might mean crotch, and he fishes. It's about what I could remember. Um, We had a fun time kind of trying to talk about it. I'm going to break my usual rule that I have for myself, which is not to read to you from Wikipedia because I figure you can do that yourself. (laughs) But Ben and I went to Wikipedia to fill in the cracks on what we knew about the Fisher King legend, and it was helpful enough that I thought I would read a little bit about that to you today. So here it is. In Arthurian legend, the Fisher King, also known as the Wounded King or the Maimed King, is the last in a long bloodline charged with keeping the Holy Grail. Versions of the original story vary widely, but he's always wounded in the legs or groin and incapable of standing. All he is able to do is fish in a small boat on the river near his castle and wait for some noble who might be able to heal him by asking a certain question. In later versions, there's a wounded king and then his son is a fisher king so they split that into two different characters but in earlier legends it's the same person so when i was speaking about it to ben i remember this is a legend that shows up in more modern books the one i thought of was the sun also rises which i read about a year ago a veteran has been wounded in some place in his um, groin area and will not be able to have children and is moping around europe trying to find a reason to keep going okay this is a very um sleazy summary of hemingway's book but sorry so i remembered that but i didn't remember the part about a question so when we read the wikipedia together I just thought that was so fascinating. I would think that maybe the Fisher King would have to be the one to ask the right question. But the thought that he was waiting, wounded, fishing, and waiting for somebody to come up and ask him the right question to heal him. There's just something wild and wonderful about that. And it reminded me of the poem that I read to you today. I have liked this poem for a long time, but I had never thought of it in connection with this Arthurian legend, and it was very interesting to go back and look at it. In light of that, I had thought more of Jesus the first time, and I had thought the ending got pretty zen, which on my first few reads I didn't like. I didn't like the line with no hook, I didn't like the riddly nature of that, but I grew more comfortable with it. and realized that these bizarre questions are actually very good at helping people think about things. I mean, Jesus said a lot of pretty weird stuff himself. Like, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Or, if you love me, feed my lambs. Or, to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. These things are so familiar to me that they start to feel normal. But if I take a step back, I realize if you walk up to somebody and you want him to be your teacher and this is the kind of statement he makes, it might have been difficult to understand. Frankly, I just want someone to give me the answers and not make it difficult. But perhaps there's wisdom in that slow process of thinking through and answering frustrating questions or standing and waiting all day while somebody pretends to fish. Fishing wasn't the point, it was eating together. Which that actually was reminding me of the poem that I shared in episode 54, Before Christmas, where love itself invites the speaker to stay and have a meal and the struggle that happens in the speaker's guilt-ridden soul because of that situation of. Eating together. This reminds me of that one too. It's intriguing to me that both in the legend and in this poem, the question isn't ever given. I'm curious if there are retellings of the legend in which some questions are spelled out. I'm glad I'm reading some legends of King Arthur to my children in this next year. I have it planned because maybe... Maybe that'll help answer my question. I am no Arthurian legend buff by any means. Just curious. So I wonder if questions were ever posed that it might have been that would have healed the wounded king. In here, he gives us some hints in this poem. But it seems to be hints that mean the questions were ultimate questions. Questions about everything. The whole world. The whole self. The seasons, the body, all of the things that seemed so important. But then, just as he stood and waited, the urgency of those questions left, and they slipped away. I thought it would be that the questions flowed and sank under hills far away. This says Hulls, and I got this from the Merwin Conservancy website, so I think they would get it right. So it must be talking about distant ships, which... It's more interesting than hills. I think that's all I have to say for now. It's enough to introduce you to this poem, enough to share the fun moment of connection that I had, as I talked about this with somebody this morning. I've got to take my inspiration where I can get it these days, and I was inspired to bring this poem. Finding a Teacher by W.S. Merwin. In the woods, I came on an old friend fishing, and I asked him a question, and he said, wait. Fish were rising in the deep stream, but his line was not stirring, but I waited. It was a question about the sun, about my two eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, the earth with its four seasons, my feet, where I was standing, where I was going. It slipped through my hands as though it were water, into the river, it flowed under the trees, it sank under holes far away and was gone without me. Then where I stood, night fell. I no longer knew what to ask. I could tell that his line had no hook. I understood that I was to stay and eat with him. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.